What's happening, y'all? This is Tyre Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today, we have husband, father, pastor, executive director, Josh Merrill. Oh, former pro player, by the way. Let's not mention that. I know he's sitting down right now. He's 6'9", and he has a strap. We win every adult league we play in, uh, about seven or eight championships at this point for the last few years. So come see about us in the leagues. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. We should clarify, we don't win all of them. We just quickly forget the ones we lose. (laughs) Right, right. We're not going to talk about two years ago. No, no, we don't talk about that. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, here on the show, we love to bring uh, just basketball and culture together and just uh, talk about uh, your experience in life uh, Mm -hmm. with basketball and how it's connected you to where you are today. We love to start the show off with our wall of hoop movies, though. Wall of hoop movies. So, so many great movies. Which one is your favorite and why? Okay, I, it's, it's hard to pick, but I'm going to be totally selfish, and I don't okay. know if you know this about me, but uh, I'm going to go semi-pro. Okay. Okay? I don't know if anyone's picking semi-pro, but again, totally selfish because I was in that movie. Oh, you were in semi-pro? <laughs> <laughs> so if you look real close, I was, uh, what a great story. It was actually when I first moved to L.A., and uh, I went down and auditioned. I'm like, well, 1970s basketball movie like I'm a perfect fit you know thin shooter you know I had grew out the mustache really had really nice mustache and uh so I got put on uh I got put one of the uh the nets so Mm -hmm. one of the team they play and uh just a cool experience to be on set and do that I had the you know I had the time to be down there meet Will Ferrell and you know just just be just be on a on a movie set and a basketball thing so that was uh that was a great experience actually the first time I met the professor which we, that, we have oh, a really? long relationship. He was in that. He was an extra on another on the other team too. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was a great experience. If you look closely, you can you can see me. In I there. see. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're not. You <laughs> can't miss you, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, one of the funniest movies. There's a lot of people who haven't seen it. Yeah, and and man, I say like you know when you're of age too, go yeah. watch that movie. Yeah, I it's didn't know it was gonna be funny. all that, but right, <laughs> right. They're, they're, yeah. It's really it's it's really funny, man. Uh, yeah, you know, Will Ferrell's sports movies are always good. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but it's funny. So Andre 3000 was the absolute worst basketball player we had. And in the movie, he's supposed to be the best player. Right. Like a couple of guys could kind of play. So mm-hmm. they had to pull all, you know, you're watching them, how they pull all these tricks out and his, his double and all that type of stuff. was was pretty cool how they, how, they work, how they worked all that. I remember just trying to help him ball handle. <laughs> like it was hard for him. To, like he had just he had just never played basketball, and oh, he's supposed man. to be the stud of the league. It was it was just kind of funny. Movie magic. Yeah, ex- absolutely, magic. absolutely. Awesome, man. Little no, unknown fact about yeah. you. That's pretty cool. Awesome. So you're currently now the sports pastor at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch, California, one of the the bigger churches in mm-hmm. the Southern California, the Valley. Um, awesome sport league. Probably one of the best basketball courts, in my opinion, in yeah. the Valley. Um, so what was your journey like playing? You grew up in San Diego, um, mm-hmm. playing high school, went to Pepperdine, then over to UCSB. What was your journey like in basketball? Kind of what was your, you know, your niche in basketball that took you all those years? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, was, I just loved sports my whole life. Like, I played three sports all the way through high school. I actually had been more highly recruited for football than I mm-hmm. was for basketball. But basketball is just more fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, in football, I only play one position. In basketball, I can play kind of multiple positions. And uh, I start. I played late. I didn't really start playing until high school. In junior high, I kind of played for my team. But I was always a big kid. And uh, so for me, like, what was able to, to really help me play at the next level was being big and be able to shoot. Mm-hmm. So my dad, he's only 6'1". I'm 6'9". But he was a gym rat. You know, he, had, he played a little college ball. But, you know, his thing, well, he was a shooter. So I was when I started shooting, I was already big enough and strong enough to have right mechanics. Nah. So I didn't have to like relearn all that stuff. And he was like, you know, he we're gonna shoot, we're gonna do it right. So I always I always had a rebounder and I always had a, a, my shooting coach there. Oh, so wow. I never had I never got to mess that stuff up. Um, and then obviously some some God given abilities in that. But um, you know, being able to shoot the ball at six nine, I was really ahead of my time as far as how they ran offenses for stretch fours because Dirk and I are about the same age and, and similar, similar games yeah. as far as being able to, to stretch, uh, stretch the defense with, with the shot. Um, so for me, my strength was being able to do both. Like in college, I would say it was to be able to shoot, but to be able to play overseas was to be able to, I could take the smaller guy inside. I could bring the bigger guy outside. Um, I would never say like, Oh man, I was just a, 
I was just a force inside. Right. And I was just like, you know, off the dribble, you know, 25 <laughs> dribble combo moves. That was, that's not my game. You know, I'm, I'm catch and shoot, running off screens. Uh, you know, the big guys, I can go by a big guy. I can get, you know, pull up mid-range uh, is where I where I made my money. <laughs> right. You know? and, it, and it was kind of like you said, during that time, you're a unicorn <laughs> of sorts because there weren't that many that size doing those things yeah. when you were playing my first coach at santa barbara um was just three out two in you're my four man you go down there i still led the team in three-point percentage but he would never run a play for me Whoa. he just was like you're my you go inside you go inside and uh so it was a little discouraging having a few years there where just like he just didn't know how to use he didn't know how to use me properly because i didn't get that much better from you know, after redshirting and playing my sophomore, junior year, and then finally getting a new coach that understood how mm -hmm. to use me, um, were like tripled in numbers. Wow. You know, I mean. Wow. Evolution was, of basketball, yeah. right? So that, at least I had a good senior year because I went to Pepperdine out of high school. So played with, I signed with a different coach and then I played for three college coaches. Whoa. So, and a countless uh, assistant coaches. So there's, you know, it was, that was a challenge in there. Um, but I was fortunate to have a good, you know, a good senior year and a coach that let me let me do that. We won our, you know, we won the the Big West. Um, so that was a good good experience after having a couple tough years. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What was your transition like from uh, college to the pros, and what was your experience like overseas? Yeah, so overseas, I went right away. I had a job uh, in Australia uh, right out of right out of college, and it was a uh, a state league over there. Um, so it wasn't the the main NBL league over there, but that was a good experience. It got my feet wet. Um, and then, uh, I, I ended up coming back. I had a little school to finish, which was, which was nice. And then I ended up, uh, going down to Argentina and I never had, I had a couple agents that helped me. Um, but I was, I was never like a guy on like high up on someone's radar. So I kind of had to go over and, and prove myself. I right. think, uh, being six, nine, got me in the door for a few places, all conference, you know, things, you know, things like that. I had, a, I had some good tape back then. It was, we're sending out VHSs, <laughs> real tape, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> so the transition, like the, the, I, I feel like I got a lot better as, as I got overseas because it allowed me to do multiple things. You, you kind of got the, you get the keys to the car a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, now all that pressure's on you because it's like, okay, here you go. But if we're losing, then, Hey, you, you're out, you know, like yeah. here's the keys, but if you know, you crash the car, you're, you're going home. So that part and the, you know, the job stability and you're traveling these places and Australia is great because they speak English, but you know, play in places like Argentina and Portugal where English, you know, my Argentina teammates, I had two, maybe three guys that spoke some English wow. coach didn't speak any. So we'd be in timeouts and it was just like, Give me the ball. I'm yeah. <laughs> Unless, it is so funny because I go back to those days and like there's a guy that could translate this young guy. He didn't play. So he was kind of like the translator, but he gave up like trying to. But at the end of the game, coach would make him translate. I could ask questions if I didn't. But a lot of basketball, you know, once you learn kind of what you're supposed to do. And he was a yeller, so I didn't really want to hear what he had to say anyways. <laughs> but if it was, it was the end of the game, like he made sure I knew I knew what I was doing. Um, but, you know, basketball is a universal, universal language exactly. when you, when you yeah. get out there. So that was. That was some good basketball down down there, yeah. When did when did ministry become a part of what you did with sports? When did you start that journey? Yeah, you know, I, I look back to you know high school and college, and it was just that that the culture of basketball and sports. I just I was just wrapped up in it, and uh, so I, I found I found Jesus uh, after my first year playing in Australia, mm. and uh, that's a long story of part of my testimony and all that. And I came back and I I just surrendered I surrendered to God and. I don't know how people play basketball, especially overseas. You the guaranteed money's not always there, and you it's a one year usually deal, and you're kind of like every summer you're like, hey, where am I going? It's a, mm -hmm. it can be a tough like yeah. mental, uh, but I just I always had peace about it. You know, I had like God, you're gonna put me in. Looking then I look back at those those six years and like where God moved me through that journey was was huge, and so. God, I really kind of separated myself and in, in go being overseas when I couldn't speak the language. I had my Bible. I had like uh, my home church in San Diego. I would get the CDs and I would just listen to the sermons. So I kind of I was really able to separate myself from that lifestyle I was living mm -hmm. and wrapped up into that culture. And I was still playing basketball, still working out twice a day and, and doing all that type of stuff. But my my shift began to change. And uh, it really took a while. But like surrendering all those things that I wanted 
and kind of giving that, like being able to release that to God, that was a journey. Like it, yeah. it, do, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you think, okay, God, I love you. Let's go. <laughs> right, Everything's right, right. going to be good. It's not, <laughs> that's not how it goes. Yeah. 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 No, I was, um, it's interesting. I, um, someone told me this before. If you look at the Beatitudes, right, we always look at those and see them as um, individual lines that, you know, if you're this, then you're this. But it's, um, somebody told me to look at it as a spiritual journey. Mm. Like when we start off, we're here, mm -hmm. we're poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of it is we're giving ourselves to yeah. others. And so look at the Beatitudes in that way. I always tell people that's what the journey is like. And it happened. It keeps happening. Yeah. We, we keep on going through it because God's trying to build us up to somewhere yeah. else. And so it's so cool that you were able to do that playing overseas mm -hmm. in some foreign countries with probably a lot of temptation <laughs> out yeah. there and all those yeah. things. And, yeah. Um, when you, uh, retired from the sport and transitioned back out here, um, did you, were you, did you go straight to Shepherd from there? Or no, so I, I moved back. I'd gotten married. I stayed home, uh, one season. Uh, it's actually when I met, I won't share the whole Shepherd story, but when I met the senior pastor there, Dudley, and, uh, we were playing on a, uh, EA sports Adidas team that played colleges in the preseason. They don't let mm -hmm. you do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's actually how I met our senior pastor. He was the coach. Uh, and uh, so that was a cool season getting to meet him. Um, and but I had stayed home because I had just met my wife. Uh, well, I thought it was me and my wife. So I had a, <laughs> I had an offer in Pol I had an offer in Poland. I can remember. And uh, it was like, well, stay home. I kind of just met this girl. And I go to you know, it was like, I want to keep playing. So I I ended up staying uh, staying home and. Uh, because I met my wife, so I played on this this travel team. It's funny, on that team, uh, it was me and Scotty Brooks. Oh, wow. So, uh, and then Pastor Dudley, we were the only uh, we were the only believers on that team. And uh, Scotty was past his prime, but he still had that dog in him. You know, we, mm -hmm. we would get out there. Obviously, you're traveling. It was, it was a fun time. But even thinking about that, like we talk about our faith, like on that little team, we were together for a month. Like the difference, you, the difference like from where I was, just a few years before in college where it was all about me, the points, the, you know, the who's in the paper, who's, who's getting the accolades, who's going to, you know, me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. And uh, to see that shift and, what, and still be all these young guys, a lot of the guys were just out of college playing on this team and they're all chasing that same thing. And like to be at peace and know that God has me where I'm supposed to be. Um, so that was hard. Even though, you know, like I had an offer in Poland, am I supposed to go? Am I not? So I ended up staying home. Um, and I'm just rambling now. I even forgot the question, but I, I think you're, you're talking about that the the journey. Like yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm getting, yeah. yeah. So from, from so I, I, I came back home um, after. Oh, I got married, and only team I ever got cut from was the first team the year before. I had I had uh, led the, the Portugal Division Two league in scoring, and so I they I got I got picked up by the top division in Portugal. And, uh, but I had been not really playing consistently and I was out of shape. Yeah. Cause you're getting married. Is I got married. Yep. Oh, so well, I stayed that, home that and I got married. So I'm like, I blame it on that. Uh, it's so funny. The guy that came and took my place, he ended up getting MVP. He won the MVP of the league. He was a stud. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but, um, so l lesson learned, you got to, you got to stay in shape. Cause I went over there early in preseason and they were, I was just, they were wearing me out. I, I couldn't even yeah, I, I deserve I deserve to be cut. Anyways, uh, so I, we came back to San Diego where my, my wife and I are both from. We were trying to make a go of it, and uh, I always tell this story because like it's just a faith journey. We both were kind of working at startups, uh, companies, and we both lost our jobs in the same week. Whoa. And it was like, okay, what are we gonna do? Um, you know, I never got rich playing basketball. It was like we actually put in our thirty day notice the place we were staying. Like, hey, what's what's gonna happen? The next. Uh, the next six months, I end up we end up living in a million dollar home in La Jolla. Uh, I was helping re renovate. We both have found jobs, and so we, you know, it was great. Everything, you know, it's like the way God turned all that around. And then Pastor Dudley comes down, and he says, uh, "Hey, we've we built this gym. I want you to come run the sports ministry, and not only that, I want I want your wife Angie to come and be my executive assistant." Wow. And so, you know, we always thought we'd be in San Diego, and I honestly had had uh you know to move to LA was like man I don't know if I want to do that you know mm -hmm. uh but looking back I had been, before that I had been offered two jobs in ministry and it was God kind of preparing me mm. uh one I was in Australia that I, I was serving there at the church uh when I was playing there I just got involved and we started serving at the church they offered me a job and another one at Young Life but that even though those weren't right those were preparing me to say yes to 
to yeah, Shepherd. Right. And I didn't know it at the time, but God had actually been spending that those five years or so I had been I had been saved and walking with the Lord and closely uh, preparing me for sports ministry. Yeah. I never knew what I, like I said I played a bunch of sports. I never knew what I wanted to do except play sports. And now that journey was over, so it was kind of like, hey, what am I doing? Um, and God had really been preparing my heart my heart for that. And so we moved up here, and that's been almost 18 years ago. Wow. Yeah. 18 been, years we've been. been 18 yeah. years. So wait, I'm trying to think of how long I've known you. If it was 2007, 2000, that'd be 2008 or nine then. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's Dang, been a minute. It's been yeah. Minute. Yeah. 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 Back when I could yeah. still touch the rim. Yeah. <laughs> you almost got a uh, tap on the backboard last yeah. year. <laughs> I actually, I actually dunked the other day again for like every year or so. I got to oh, go nice. just make sure I could do it. It's not. It's not pretty. It it's not pretty. Yeah, so that's awesome. And so um, that whole journey bringing you to Shepherd Sports and it's grown into this amazing multifaceted ministry yeah. um, full of, I don't even know how many youth. I know the I know the basketball league yeah, is just yeah. full. The, the youth basketball league in the summer is, you know, over full. And um, what, what do you think, you know, has encouraged you to continue in sports ministry? And what is, um, you know, what are three things that make it a dynamic ministry as mm -hmm. it is? Yeah. Well, I just, I always kind of like hamster it. God, what do you want me to do? You know, and, and right now he, this is where he has me. And um, I love that I get to help kids, one, get good instruction. Like we do more than just basketball with the right. youth. We do basketball, volleyball, soccer, the main sports. I run a surf camp every year. Yeah. Um, but that they're getting solid that they're getting solid instruction. We do academies, we do clinics, we do camps, we do a league. So there's a ton of ways for kids to enjoy the game of basketball. So and just being in sports my whole life and just uh, just kind of seeing that. Uh, the second part is getting to have people inside the church like yourself um, come and get a place to serve the Lord. Yeah. Like too many too our, I would say our culture wants to separate those two things, and like. If I, if I love Jesus and I'm, I, I should be, I should be uh, doing for him, like how can I serve him? It might be handing out communion. It might be parking ministry. I don't know. I never wanted to do those things. Like, <laughs> right. But to be in the gym and be able to coach and give back to the kids and give them that, give them that instruction. So th those are, uh, those are two, two things that I love. And the third one is just getting, you know, it's the main focus of what we do is just being an outreach to the community. Yeah. So we'll have 35 hundred people come through our doors wow. uh, through the adult ministry the youth ministry and our rec and fitness program um, you know and those are a lot of those people don't go to church they definitely you know they don't go to, to shepherd or they come Christmas and Easter and so what a great non-threatening way to love on people to have people come I really I, I think it's like the front door of the church mm -hmm. like hey I have a buddy we're actually tonight we're having service there's no men's league this week and we're inviting the entire men's league you know several hundred guys hey come to come to Thursday night service we're doing a sports giveaway and, and things like that so getting them to walk from the gym to the church because a lot of people have hang-ups they don't know especially Shepherd's a big church so coming in can be yeah. like oh man I, I don't know where to go what's going on um, so it's just giving those families an opportunity because I, I think so many people want that for their kids they want the good character traits yeah. they want them to have good coaches mm -hmm. um but they might not know how to do that at home so if we can kind of begin that foundation for the family and for the kid and let them let them see that hey man we're, we're brothers and sisters just like you um we we love god and we just want to put that in everything that we do so it's great that we can con we can connect all that and, and yeah. be out in the community yeah i think i think the thing that really stands out to me is you guys are the action of faith, the action of faith that you guys put behind what you guys do. Um, and with, I saw it first with the youth teams mm -hmm. and when you go to AAU tournaments, yeah. after the after the game, no matter what, you ask them to pray with you. And it's so impactful because I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody say no. Yeah. I don't know if you have in you know, 18 years now. Um, but that and in our men's leagues, we pray before we play mm -hmm. a game and after we play a game and just that opportunity to um, speak encouragement and talk to God during those times. And you so know how hard it is in a men's league when the guy just lost yep. and he's all cranky and mad and wants to run out the gym and his mm -hmm. teammates are calling him over, hey, let's pray. Yep. And it just like, it just centers you, man. This is a men's league. 
-hmm. you know, uh, it, it's not game seven, even game seven, we should still be honoring God, right. but you know, it's a, we get, we get too caught up in, in how well we, especially with athletes, how well we do, you know, uh, and there, there's something bigger we should be, we should be looking at, you know, I think it helps ground us. What's the biggest impact you've seen from doing that, whether it was in the youth, you know, on the youth side when you're praying with teams mm. or in the men's league, have you seen something? Well, watching uh, kids get baptized or adults, all of a sudden they're part of the church or they go from, hey, I'm just playing to I'm now I'm coaching and serving and they're coming to camp. Uh, that's always fun to see because uh, they start, you know, being around that that environment that, that we're trying to create. Uh, I think that's a powerful thing. So th those are always my favorite, like wins. Um, or you hear a story like, hey, so-and-so came and got baptized, or I saw him in church. Really? Like, yeah. I knew they haven't been in church. I mean, quick story. Like, I know we don't force them into devotional with the youth league, but we had a, a Muslim family that was in there. And uh, do we have to go? And no, you, got, you don't have to go. We walk them to. And, you know, four or five weeks in the season, and they're, the, the kid and the parent are over there listening to the coach give his devotional. Wow. And it was just like, so... Again, the, just the um, way to connect with people, you know, mm -hmm. just just through love and, and patience and and, care, and caring for people. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, that's it. Just had an impact on me that the boldness mm -hmm. to do that, mm -hmm. and I think it um, just speaks to to the love yeah. that you guys show in the ministry, and that's why people are comfortable there, and it continues to grow. Um, so, Eternity Sports. Um, you see us rocking the shirts. Check yeah. it out, Eternity Sports. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you started it three, uh, five years ago. Five, now. Oh, excuse me, five <laughs> years ago. It's been five years now. Yeah. Uh, what is Eternity Sports all about? So Eternity Sports is uh, is is twofold. One is we we have a an arm that we want to help other sports ministries around the country. Uh, it's not you just can't. I can't go down the street and find someone else that does what I do at Shepherd. Like it's just mm -hmm. it's a little more popular in the Midwest sometimes in Baptist churches. So we want to try to help them with materials and, and be effective in their communities and doing sports ministry. Um, that's one part. I've been doing that for, you know, like I said, 17, 18 years. Um, and then the other part is wanting to help coaches and athletes be able to connect God to their game. And we do that through a podcast, through articles. Uh, and our most recent thing is we just launched a, uh, a docu-series. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the docu-series, guys, is, has, um, what is it? 10 episodes, 11 episodes, 11 yeah. episodes yeah. and it's all testimony from professional athletes mm -hmm. who've uh, gone through it. You know, you can check up the professor, yeah. uh, Daryl Strawberry, Darryl Strawberry uh, yeah. you probably know the people yeah. Yeah, who they can catch <laughs> well, on yeah, there. Yeah. It, it's awesome just to see their journey. Josh goes with them and, and um, you, you get to see and hear their testimony yeah. hands on about their journey and where they are. And it's like, even after they were millionaires some of them and, and mm -hmm. the ups and downs that they have through their journey yeah. and how their faith has kept them level and above water and, and thriving you know even yeah. after that it's powerful uh i think just because you can't argue people's testimony yeah. uh you know we have nfl mvps we have to think like in there's 23 athletes professional christian athletes uh i think our the the social media reach of these guys is, is insane you know, we have like a silver medalist high jumper. You never heard of him. But you also have like Sean Alexander, NFL MVP. You got like two-time motocross champ, uh, Jenny Finch, the softball pitcher, Daryl Strawberry. So there's some there's some big names. There are also some other guys that maybe you're like, I remember that guy. Yeah. You know, pro, we got pro bowlers, um, you know, Olympians. So, but to hear how their faith was in their story, but going back to the culture, when you interview them, what we see is sports only. Yes. And so, but that's not who that person is. Like, that's not like when we're sitting here talking, like I can't talk about my journey going playing professional basketball without talking about, you know, my faith. Yes. That's a big part of a big right. part of who I was and, and how that allowed me to do that for so long. So it's fun. All the athletes challenge me to a, to like a fun game or something silly. Like we have a, uh, X Games uh, skateboarder, so he has me doing like some, like kind of like a fish out of water. I, like I said, I played a lot of sports, but there's some like I'm trying to high jump. Like it's just I've never, it's so awkward. Uh, so there's some fun stuff like that. So and then uh, so it keeps it, it moves quick. It's fun. It's a lot of traveling all over the country. Um, yeah, I just I take a moment just to thank. I mean, I never thought I'd be shooting a, a docu series. Right. You know, we had to raise you know several hundred thousand dollars, and people gave to, to the project, and it's out now. You can. You can go watch it. Um, we've partnered with Angel Studios, mm -hmm. which uh, they're known for The Chosen. 
but their app is free, the browser's free, you can watch all 11 episodes right now for free. They do a cool pay it forward model, so that was my biggest thing is we didn't make any money on it, we just went and shot it, we wanted to do that. Um, we're prayerful, we might be able to get, do a season, uh, season two next year, uh, but it's out. I just want people to see and hear these stories, especially yes. for, for any young hooper, like uh, right. the other hooper we have is Anthony Tolliver, 13 year NBA, uh, NBA vet. Uh, he's got a, he's got a great heart for Jesus, and he's got a story about when he played with Steph his rookie year, which is which is really incredible, like a, a faith powerful you know powerful story. You, you, you definitely want to hear. Yeah, no, it's awesome that you're. How did you? Let me ask this: How did you find all those athletes? I know you knew some of them, but yeah. how did you get connected to know that you know these are the believers mm -hmm. and and want to connect? We with actually them on story? Uh, we were getting ready to launch this right before COVID hit and everything shut down, so we ended up shooting like the end of that 2020 year, but. Um, I had like four or five guys that I knew. I was like, okay, this is these these guys are starting, and we'll just try to figure it out. Only a couple of those guys ended up actually being on the docu series, and it was just one of those God things how He orchestrated. I'll use the uh, Trey Kennard for example. For example, he's a two-time motocross guy. I never heard of him. I don't do motocross, <laughs> but you ask anyone to motocross, they oh, I know, I know who Trey is, and uh, I know a pastor in Hawaii. His son-in-law shoots uh, motocross. And so he like, okay, he, hey, and then, and Trey's become a butt, like he's just, he's off, he's just been awesome. And so just things like that, just God kind of working. So I really felt at peace, like who's on the show because it was, um, it was all orchestrated. Like it was just, I just kept knocking on doors. I mean, honestly, even then just, just the partnership with Angel, that was like another thing. We had it all shot, everything was done, but we didn't have a distributor. Yeah. And so it was like, hey, God, here we go. You know, and that was a long journey of like patience. We had some other smaller offers. It just didn't feel right. And uh, so we, we feel really good partnering with Angel and just kind of how all that goes. It's like season two. It's like, hey, I'm going to just keep pushing on the door. If God shows me, hey, we're going to do it, uh, we're, we're going to do it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I think that this is so vital to youth sports mm -hmm. 100% and, and getting that uh, – you know, the devotion part and are the resources that you can use because it develops that spiritual side. Mm -hmm. It also just develops character. It develops the discipline and it's all scriptural based. Yeah. And so the impact that it has is way more than right now. And, um, you know, there's kids that um, I've known through, you know, through Shepherd mm -hmm. coaching a team or helping out that, mm -hmm. you know, are grown now yep. and still carry those things or still remember those experiences that we had and that we used during that time. Yeah. And it, I think it carries on for generations and generations to come. Like I hope. Yeah. It makes me feel old. Cause I got two, I got two guys interning for me right now that both played in our club program when they were like 10, 11, 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. And I don't feel any different, but when I see them and they're grown and they're big <laughs> and they're, they're, you know, it's like, uh, but now they're in there serving and, and spending their summer, you know, giving back to the kids because they were they were on the other receiving end of that before. Mm -hmm. uh, that's powerful. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So the through at Shepherd and Shepherd Sports, there's a lot of people who come through. We've mm -hmm. been in leagues where there's literally it was like a pretty much a pro summer league uh, a couple <laughs> years there uh, where we were running. What's your experience like just being around hoopers um, and you know NBA players? and how you share Christ with them. You know, like you said, it's a comfortable, subtle space where we yeah. do it. And, you know, I think the most known is the partnership that you had with the Holiday family and mm -hmm. the camp that we ran at Shepherd and all yeah. that. Um, what What is it just like being around those guys and sharing your faith with them? Yeah, so it's, it's different depending on the guy. Mm -hmm. um, we've been fortunate, obviously, being in, in L.A. and where we're located, um, you know, we get not only just NBA guys, but people wanting to be in the gym all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so we always want, again, the same ideas that this is this is outreach. Um, so we have guys come in there, and, and a lot of times what I'll do is like, hey, yeah, they can play, but hey, I want to pray before we start. Just a yeah. little subtle, just just some, just some things like that. Just kind of be around. You know, it's a um, handful of guys you actually have relationships with, but some guys are just coming in, or they're, they're, they're working out and, and doing different things. Um, just to know that, we're there and the hey this is a church an extension of the church and we want you to we want you to feel that um you know just like an nba guy that comes in there the same rec guys coming in there they're only coming because it's a nice gym and a nice league yeah so we have to be able to, and it can't be the same across the board so it depends on on 
the relationship I have or the connection I have. And sometimes I, I believe that my um, relationship or who I'm trying to uh, share my faith with is not necessarily the 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 NBA guy that's in the right. limelight. Sometimes yeah. it's it's the trainer. Sometimes it's yes. the it's the other guys. Um, you know, trying to have a, trying to have an impact impact with all those guys. Um, and then given you know we talk about Drew, but giving those guys a place to, to serve. Yeah. You know, being in the gym and um, for years we had a uh, a camp called the uh, Drew Holiday Camp. Uh, Before you start that, yeah. because that's the question at the end, oh, okay. we're going to bring it in now. Okay. Is where were you okay. when? Is uh, where you where were you when? Question is where were you when you first met me? Uh, and uh, go ahead. Now you can talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is this is a great story because uh, I first met you at the Drew Holiday Camp. Yes. Uh, brought in by another guy that used to work used to work uh, with me, and then I don't know how we got playing on a team together. Do you remember um, that? It was Joe. Joe Fraser. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Then when we got Joe on the team and uh, mm -hmm. me and Joe used to work out together yeah. and he, I think he invited me onto the team. And okay. That was our first time playing. Yeah, together. yeah. So that was cool. And then, you know, we, we played every week since, I think. Yeah. Um, so where, where, was, where was I when I first met Drew Holiday? <laughs> yes. It's a, it it's a great story. So um, Drew, we had, the gym had just opened and Drew was in high school. Mm. So he was at Campbell Hall, but his parents had moved up to the Valley. And uh, he was in the gym. I think Justin was there too. And I'd heard like, okay, hey, these these guys are, hey, he's supposed to be good. And you know, <laughs> I'm still start like I'm only a couple years out of playing. I actually was still playing in the semi-pro league here in California my first few years. So I was still like, I was still hooping. Oh, this guy's supposed to be this and that. And you know, so he's a what, 17 year old kid. Drew was Gatorade Player of the <laughs> yeah, Year, number number one player in the country. Yeah, yeah. in the country. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know all. The, you know, I knew a little of that at a time. But we got we were playing. It was just an open gym, and we got tied up in a loose ball. And I remember, I remember thinking to myself, dude, that guy is strong. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a 30 something year old man, and he's a 17 year old kid. And uh, I don't remember anything about that game except this loose ball we got tied up in. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember who won. I just remember, like, dang, that kid is Because he didn't look it. You know, just some guys just have that strength, and Drew, Drew, Drew had that yeah. strength. So it was fun to walk alongside him. And then, obviously, you know, one at UCLA, and then he's, you know, in the league, young, you know. And uh, so he was coming home in the summers and, and living with his parents. His parents have... Uh, well, I have a great relationship with with them. They've they've been amazing. They've they've helped serve and been in, been in our camps. And so, really, we just we ran the camp and put and had Drew in there. And he would bring guys that he, you know as we kept going, bring guys into the gym, um, which was a great opportunity. And like we're saying, bring yes. bring guys into the gym. And we're talking about Jesus, and they they're giving back to the kids, uh, which eventually turned into uh, that and some other connections turned into this kind of pro am. Summer league when we used to do the, we used to do the full court. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to bring that back, but I, I don't want to get on that big court again. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> man, that court is long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's been fun, you know. Um, and then then we turn it to the holiday family camp mm -hmm. with uh, with Justin and uh, and Aaron and Drew had a family and moved away, and so then Justin and Aaron were there a lot, um, and then now they're all married and have kids, and so uh, it, it's changed to just be our all star camp. But if they're in town. And we can get them to we can get them to come and and or, or be a part of it, or we get some other guys to to come around and, and speak or show up to camp. The kids just they, they eat that up. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, it's it's just another reason to be to be in that the Shepherd Gym. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. No, that's and that's where I met you. Was that Drew Drew Holiday Camp? I forget what or whatever. Yeah, it was when it was the Drew Holiday Camp still mm -hmm. by in itself. And then um, yeah, that's where I met you and got everything going and I started helping out with the clinics and mm -hmm. academy and yeah. um, people don't know this that's my and living in California that's where I first started doing basketball training mm. is, so is I'll that take credit for all your success 100% <laughs> I'll give it all you Jason Wyatt for yeah. inviting yeah. me over I was um, you know doing other stuff but I always played basketball yeah. and all that and that's my first opportunity to train and like oh I might be okay at this and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I was being I was put in a position to lead and um, just do all the stuff. I, I was a defensive specialist then. It's like, hey, Todd, do your defensive drills, yeah. right? And um, that's really what started my 
my training career at that camp and then I had a couple private clients come from being at that camp mm -hmm. and those clients are the ones who turned into the core what we yeah. see now is like yeah. those kids were the ones who they always have a special place yeah. Chris Wong Chris oh, yeah. Wong was like my first private client who's now graduated from CSUN and actually about to come work for me really at core That's yeah cool. it's, and it's crazy just uh those kids and what was just the seed that was planted yeah. there yeah. and to have the um, I guess the faith and the confidence and seeing how it works, how to put in the ministry and the sport together. Yeah. And that's what we carry through. That's why we're, we're partnered at Christian school. We're partnered. And we, we uh, put all that together. It's like, hey, I'm on display that I'm yeah. living this life for Christ and I'm doing this for Christ. And, you know, hopefully the seed is planted into yeah. these kids yeah. as they grow up. Especially so. young, at a junior high age that you're working with, oh, man. man. There's so much. I mean, we <laughs> so all, much. We've all been. And we know how hard it is anyways. Yes. Um, but to, ha to have some of that, that foundation, to have coaches around that care for you. Yes. Uh, that where it's not transactional. Yep. You know, there's there's too many transactional coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, but to, to really invest in a kid, and I've seen you, I've seen from a distance you do that, uh, stay invested in these guys' life, you know, especially you're, you're working with high-end guys that end up in the league quickly or they're at a big program. And I know those circles get shrunk up so quick. And, you know, where's, where's the faith going to come from? Yep. You know, because everyone's after something when it comes to all that money. So I think that's a powerful place. I love hearing that. Like you've mentioned, like, what's the, one of the three things that I enjoy, like hearing stories like that, even though I really didn't do much. Just like, but sometimes just the power of an invitation yes. and being involved, like giving someone, giving something yep. like that. That's really cool. It's also a place where I met Paul Tate, who mm -hmm. I worked for at Heritage Christian for yeah. years and where my program is. That's yeah. where I met Paul. He was yeah. going around passing out flyers that he shouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> for a Paul George camp, a Drew Holiday camp. I didn't know they were friends then. I was, yeah. uh, I was being a police officer and I was like, yeah. man, you're not supposed to be doing that. And he was like, I want to hire you. I'm like, all right, this works. And so, you know, one of my, my good friends, best friends now, and uh, yeah. this is crazy. Like Shepard has been, uh, you know, just a consistent part of my life since, mm. since I moved here to the Valley. Yeah. You know, that was 2009 is when I think I started that. And that was 2007 when I moved back out here. And mm -hmm. so it's been very consistent yeah. and still playing there to this day. Yeah. And, you know, coached a summer team a few years ago. That's like why I'm nine really, and ten year olds. I'll never do that again. So that's <laughs> but, why that's why I'm really here. I need we need some coaches for our summer league. <laughs> I'm not doing the young kids anymore. It was the most stressful. It's hard. Stressful coaching ever. It was fun. It was rewarding. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, but if you don't take the you if you don't if you take the same mindset as you're working with these other you'll you'll drive yourself nuts. You right. got to take it, it like became 100 about yeah. ministry and yeah. giving these kids confidence and. You know, allow yeah. them to have fun. That's Basketball cool. is supposed to be fun and, yeah. and let them fall in love with the sport mm -hmm. and everything else follows from yeah. there. So. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So we're going to go to my Rushmore. Okay. Your okay. Rushmore, your top four. And since he's a shooter, I, like, I don't know if you guys understand this. Like, literally, I throw him the ball down the court <laughs> and I just stay on defense. That's how good of a shooter he is. Um, that just means I shoot a lot. That doesn't mean I'm a good shooter. Yeah. I mean, nobody <laughs> has keeps percentages, but I count on him making it more than missing it for sure. I appreciate that. Um, and so your top four shooters, NBA. Or, okay. you know, that doesn't even have to be NBA. You might know somebody I don't. I, yeah. uh, top four shooters all time. Okay. Well, I got to go Steph, number one. That's, that's, an, that's a no-brainer, the way, the way he shoots. Um, I'm going to put Ray Allen in there. Uh, these are no brainers, um, doing top four. So the other guy, and I'm probably just biased, but, uh, Larry Bird, mm -hmm. just cause the, yeah, the way he launched that thing, <laughs> I would never teach anybody to shoot like that, but man, and that's right when I kind of like started watching basketball and, and all that, he was, you know, that was a big Laker, uh, Celtic rivalry, man, the fourth guy to put in there, I, I think, I think we could put. 100 guys in that spot but I'll, I'll i'll put uh i'll put clay in there okay i'll put clay in there you'd be mad i was gonna leave clay I, was, off. I was about to oh man <laughs> i was to say how are you not yeah no that's solid four I, I think like you said there's some that are just belong in there and yeah. so steph for me clay i think they're two i think they're top two okay all time um just what Steph's able to do is just ridiculous, and then Clay's consistency yeah. and his form, and like mm -hmm. I tell, shoot like Clay, not like Steph. Yeah, I said it. Clay shot like Steph first. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, was a Steph shot like Clay at first, and then he's just kept going. And yeah. So, um, then, oh, man. So the other one I was thinking of was Reggie. 
So like, Reggie, Reggie's, yeah. Reggie's there for me. Um, that's when I started watching basketball. Was okay. his nose, yeah, just yeah. Reggie, and yeah, just yeah. his man. He's once again form. I would never teach anybody yeah. to shoot like but that. Man. But man, the confidence, the uh-huh. like, you can't leave him open. The, the grit that he played with uh, uh, Reggie. Now, so the interesting one is Ray for me, um, because he makes a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. Give me a second. I want to make sure I get this right. I really got to think. I don't want to mess this up. Is it Ray? It's, it's probably Ray. It's probably Ray. It's probably Ray. I was thinking some other guys, but I'll let it go. Okay. We'll go Ray Allen. Well, a few of these young guys, how this league is turning, you know, turning. Exactly. And that's what league, I'm, I mean. you know, I like, you know, I'm, I'm watching these new guys coming uh-huh. in, the potential to be where, you know, and then you have Kyle Korver, you yeah. have Steve Kerr, you have these guys who, mm-hmm. man, who can hit shots, J.J. Redick, yeah. like guys who are some shooters, man. Yeah. And but if we, you said top three-point shooters, then I have yeah. to go, Ray. I think J.J. had That's a lot true. more mid-range to his game. Kyle Korver is the one who yeah. almost almost tipped the scale for me. Yeah. Um, I actually met him recently at uh, a pre-draft or an NBA draft workout. And okay. uh, the man and... Uh, his hands are different. Really? That's why he shoots like so, that. Man, they're like pillows uh, under, and the, the bones are under them. <laughs> and I'm like, that's why he's a shooter. Uh, I was like, man, I need, I, I shook his hand four times. I was like, man, I need some of that. I need some of that, uh, whatever you rub, got rub in there, man. There. Let, me, let me get some of that, man. It was, it yeah, was, that's it was my, awesome. that was my son's favorite player for a while. Yeah, watching, watching, watching Kyle shoot something, man, that quick release, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is the part of the show where we flip the script. Two questions you have for me could be about anything. Mm, about anything. Let's let's see, let's get let's get personal. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's the weakest part of your game? <laughs> Did anyone ask you that? No. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever asked me what's the weakest part of my game. The weakest part of my game is hmm, the first thing that popped in my mind. Are you talking about today or overall? Because there's, there's so overall, like let's go overall. Okay, okay. today to be conditioning and yeah. <laughs> so that's what I say is like, if I'm not in shape, I'm just terrible. You got small um, kids. That's ex- that's excusable. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I still got to get back in shape. <laughs> um, and then so my overall is probably um, yeah, not recognizing when I'm off. And we mm. you experience it now. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm such a optimistic thinker mm. i always think the next shot is going in and being you know this combo point guard because I'm, I'm good at setting people up and i can get to the rim and score and when i'm hot i make shots it's like you know i'll knock down five six threes <laughs> but when i'm cold or if i if i get hot early yeah and then i you know get cold i'll keep on shooting trying to find that hot streak again See, I that's think just it's mental. mental we can fix that it's a mental i saw other one say it's don't worry mental. guys i <laughs> try to fix it after he misses two or three i yell at him you know, <laughs> go, you know, go to the they hole follow through or get it he's like either tell me go to yeah. the hole or like hey, i can see that one todd don't shoot it like that like so yeah i, I and i think it leads back to mental toughness so it's mm. the mental part of uh staying focused on what's important and, and constantly trying to do the right thing in the game yeah. all the time yeah, yeah. and i kind of you know, it's a little pride, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little pride in there. So, but that, I think that's my weakest part. What would you say my weakest part of the game is? That's I, I, I didn't, I didn't even think of that. Um, but yeah, now that you say it, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, I, I think pretty one thing I think why we've played together so long, we both have the same idea. Like, let's play and make the best basketball play. Yeah. Like when I was younger, it was like, give me the ball, get out of my way. You know, me shooting a shot with three guys on is better than you shooting a wide open shot. That was my, that was my <laughs> philosophy. Right. Um, but to be a shooter, you kind of like you're saying, you almost have to forget the last one, mm-hmm. you know, and you're you're on to the next one. Um, but there is something you got to realize. Hey, I got to get the other guys involved. I got to yeah. get, you know. Um, so, yeah, I would say that. I don't think you have a lot of uh, a lot of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Question two. Question two. Okay. Well, let's talk about. Uh, what was the catalyst for your faith? The catalyst for my faith. So I grew up in church. And so it's pretty, how do I say this the right way? I'm going to be politically correct. I'm talking about my family. I seen the wrong way to do things, mm. you know, through siblings, family members, and all that growing up. And so I was always the kid to make sure that I wasn't in trouble. 
and doing the right thing. So I just listened. You know, we went to church every week. I was an usher. I was in the choir. Can't sing. Uh, <laughs> I was. I did the announcements. I was a heavy participant. You know, I was like six when I was like accepted Christ. When in front of the church, accepted Christ, and you know, there was an emotional thing that happened for sure. And I really tried. I think being that young to live my life the right way mm-hmm. and do the right things. And once I moved away to Kansas, I, me and my best friend held each other accountable, mm-hmm. really, really accountable. We weren't smoking, drinking, messing with girls. Like we held each other accountable and we moved away from each other and both of us fell into some of those temptations. Mm-hmm. And then moving back to California, um, still had those same habits. The catalyst of my faith happened when I I felt, what was it? I felt like I was just wandering. Mm. I had no, I had no direction. You know, things were happening that I thought would never happen to me because of, I think, the covering that I had for so long yeah. of either my family or just being accountable. And I was kind of by myself during that time. And, um, some things woke me up and then it was that that commitment to something bigger than me yeah. something um something to live for rather than to chase after yeah. i think was yeah. um the thing and yeah i think I, I don't i don't know what that is exactly like it was uh you know it happened when i met my wife though mm. where, where me and my wife got serious let me yeah. say that yeah when me and my wife got serious it's, that's what like really triggered like hey if I'm going to be a husband to her mm. you better get your stuff yeah. together or this is going to go to ruin well I think even like in sports like with kids it's it's and the question probably should have been like when did you own your faith mm. I grew up in the church a little I grew up mm. in the church too and and have a similar kind of story but um not as involved as you were but it became about sports and and the kids and all that type of stuff and so there's, there's, I think, a moment when God's working or you, you're drawing you, you towards you. And this has been hitting me hard lately, this, uh, this thing. Are we, uh, are we doing it for God or are we doing it for ourselves in God's name? Mm. You know, yeah. so that's a big yes. shift. You know, are we just going to church or are we, we, are we, are we the church? Yes. You know? So I think the same way is like, okay, if this kid doesn't want to own his basketball, he, he, he might just, he might play D1. He might play Kentucky because he's just that much bigger and better than everybody. But until that kid owns it, he's not going to reach his full potential. Yes. And I think God has the same way. Like, okay, yeah, you're going to, maybe we're going to heaven, but it's, it, loving Jesus is not, a, not an insurance policy. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be. That's not how God designed it. Right. And so uh, to live for God, uh, yeah. is, is, a, is a different thing. And then I'm going to say it's my wife. It's when I met yeah. my wife when mm-hmm. I got serious about that. It was, I, I got serious about God. Mm-hmm. It was before that. Something transpired that was like, all right, you got me, God. Yeah. I surrender. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, I was just heavy with women during mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. before I got serious with yeah. my now wife. And when I made that decision to stop doing that and it got my attention and then my wife was just there during that time, like, oh, I'll be with you. Yeah. Like, okay, we go to church. We can, you know, live the right way. And that's that was cool. it. I think that was the biggest catalyst. Is like, I just got to be a man. And then that's when all the things that where I am today happened. Mm-hmm. That's when basketball became ministry. Like, I tell yeah. people all the time, like, yeah. you know, oh, you know, church and Todd, you're a pastor and all these things. Like, they, you know, speaking life into me. I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. Core Prep Academy. Yeah. Core Prep is just a ministry. Mm. It's a big old ministry where I'm getting to invest into kids. Like yeah. basketball is easy. Yeah. These kids are going to be good at basketball, whether they go to core or not. Yeah. Like, do we help them? Of course. But they love basketball. But the growth that I see from them, mm-hmm. the things that they learn, the baptisms, the coming to me for real life advice is yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, and, yeah. and as soon as I made that decision, like, God, you got me. Mm-hmm. That's what it keeps just yeah. going. You yeah, know? yeah. So. We even even us talking about this, this is a, a connection point. Like we, we met over basketball, yes. but there's been a much bigger connection, you know, or even just the way we, we're talking now and those the, the how all that's part of our life. You yeah. know, that that can't be lost. 
Uh, and I think that needs that's a story that has to be has to be told. You know, Absolutely. especially for these athletes we look up to, you know, and we we idolize and want to be like, and you know, um, yeah. but if they're believers, their 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 faith is is who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. try to be that that person to those, especially those guys yeah. going to the NBA. It's like I'm, I have an yeah. opportunity every year to do the pre-draft with those uh-huh. guys, and you know, they they start following me on Instagram, so yeah. they're seeing the scripture I post. They see yeah. how I talk to them and the things that I'm about, and some of them just engage. They're mm-hmm. like. Oh yeah, I used to go to church yeah. before college, and yeah. how do I, and you know, be on the same things, or just mm-hmm. are attracted to that that light that's yeah. inside, and yeah. so um, being able to use that for them is that they're about to go on a different journey <laughs> that yeah. most people don't go on, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. so yeah, just continuing to use that everything everything we do is ministry yeah. focused, and yeah. so and it's a it's a good reminder for me all the time because core becomes core is a business as well yeah along with the ministry <laughs> and so getting tied up in that business part always always can become frustrating if i don't keep the focus yeah. on what god's calling me to inside of core totally so well big part of eternity sports is like for us is basketball like mm-hmm. that's been our tool like i show up and i'm six nine and we play perfect like i the kids just automatically want to listen it's not right they automatically but the people listening that they they have their own group of people whether they're young or older and like that they're if they're around that like they're they have those opportunities it might not be the next you know steph curry but they we god's called us to be around the you know yes. we have those people around us wherever that wherever that's at we should be we should be connected and it should be part of who we that should be part of who we are yeah absolutely. yeah absolutely all right so you have 24 second shot clock <laughs> okay you can look into the camera directly uh tell the people Anything you want them to know um, about, you know, eternity sports, mm. um, about any message that you want for the people. Twenty-four second shot clock. Twenty-four seconds. And go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jesus loves you, uh, and I know you're probably watching this because you love hoops. But if you have a second, go check out eternitysports.com. We got devotionals, uh, we got articles, and we also have our docu series. We'd love for you to check. What a fun way to see professional athletes living out their faith. You too can connect your faith to your game right now. EternitySports.com. Wow, I think he's the first one to do it in actual 24 seconds. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Thanks I'm for being to get on the show. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for man. being on the show. Absolutely. Man. Yeah, Good to catch absolutely. Up. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.